0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Have you ever totally lost track of time? The other day, my children and I happened to be talking about this question. And I recounted to them a particular story that happened about 25 years ago time I was about 19 or 20 years old, and I was living with a buddy of mine up in an apartment in New Jersey, and in order to make any real money, I was working as a bank teller during the day, but I also worked at nights at UPS loading package trucks, and that was usually from about 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Well, this particular story, however, was during the Christmas season, and the UPS shifts during Christmas were usually lengthened from about 12.30 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. So I would work that, and then I would come home, and I'd shower, and I'd change, and I'd head off to the bank until about 5.30 p.m. Well, needless to say, after a while, the routine began to wear me out. And one evening, I went to bed around 6.30 p.m. My alarm clock was set for 11.45 And when it went off, I rolled out of bed, and I started my normal routine again. And one part of that routine was to visit the local 7-Eleven that was down the street to get a cup of coffee. And I pulled up, and at first it seemed a little busy in the parking lot for midnight, but I thought nothing of it. And I went in, and I poured my coffee, and I went to pay for it. And it was then that I looked above the cashier's head at the little red digital clock which said 9.30 rubbed my eyes, thinking I was so tired that I wasn't seeing straight, but still it said 9.30, so I asked the cashier, and sure enough, he said, no, it's 9.30. When I returned to my car, I looked at the car clock, which I hadn't noticed before that, and guess what it said? 9.30. Even when I returned home, I learned that my alarm clock said the correct time, and my alarm had never actually gone off. It was all in my head. And I was so tired that not only did I lose track of time, but my eyes had deceived me. Have you ever experienced something like that or perhaps something similar to that? Well, St. Paul understood the, the importance of recognizing the proper time, not only with the physical aspects of life or with going to work at the right time, but with spiritual aspects as well. He wrote in our epistle lesson this morning from Romans chapter 13, beginning in verse 11. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. And Paul isn't speaking about a a particular time like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., but he is speaking about recognizing the realities of the present time and what is then to come shortly. And his point is to say that when we recognize the time, we are then stirred and influenced and moved in our preparations and our works. And this is quite an appropriate passage for Advent. As we know, Advent means coming or arrival, as deaconess Annette read for us this morning in lighting the first advent candle. It was used in ancient times to speak about the coming of a king or the coming of a God. In the Christian church, it's used to speak of the coming of our king of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ. It's a season that looks back upon the first coming and celebrates the holy family and the manger of our king coming in humility but yet also celebrates and awaits his final coming in glory. And with every coming, there must be preparation. If you have dinner guests over, you prepare the meal, and you clean the house before they come. As everyone is doing now, you buy gifts before Christmas comes, even if it's on the last day possible. If you pick someone up at the airport, you check their flight status before you head out to pick them up. And I think you get the point with that. And during Advent, the church is calling us to prepare. Our collect prayer, which we will pray all through the season of Advent, has us pray that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. When? Now, in the time of this mortal life, as it says. St. Paul calls for us to awaken, to know the time, and to prepare for Christ's coming. And our gospel lesson does the same as well. In Matthew chapter 21, we read about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. It's the passage that's often read when handing out the palms on Palm Sunday, right before Easter. And it may seem odd to have the passage about Palm Sunday read as our gospel lesson at this time of year. I mean, we might expect stories about Elizabeth, or stories about John the Baptist's birth, or about the angel's appearance to Mary, or the shepherds, and things like that. But in our ancient lectionary and cycle of gospel readings, the lesson from Matthew chapter 21 shows to us Jesus' coming to Jerusalem as king, but also what the king found when he arrived. Matthew writes, And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of those that sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Now, one must understand what happened when Jesus entered the temple. When one entered the temple, they first passed through what was called the court of Gentiles. And this was the only place that the Gentiles were allowed to gather and to pray. But the money-greedy Jews had taken over this court and filled it so as not allowing the Gentiles' room to gather. So instead of being a blessing to all the nations, they abused them. They lined their pockets, and they were preoccupied with making a name for themselves. Hence, Jesus' sorrow. Before Christ arrived in Jerusalem that day, we're told that he had stopped. And he, he beheld the city of God as he approached it, and we're told he wept. It distressed our Savior because his own people didn't know the time of their visitation. The ones who should have known, the ones who should have been prepared, had lost track of the time and forgot their purpose to be a light unto the world. And when Christ came into the temple, they received the judgment of the king rather than the praise of well done, good and faithful servant. That's the way of the world, isn't it? For all, or if we're honest, that's often the way of us too, isn't it? All too often. Forgetting the time. Forgetting that with every passing day, our salvation draws nearer and nearer. For honest, we have to admit that we don't really live without any worries about whether Christ will come tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. I mean, the thought may enter our minds from time to time. We might even discuss it at some point. But is it really something that pervades our life? wherein we say, I must up and ready myself. For the most part, we think tomorrow will continue the same as today. The sun went down, the sun will rise. We left work today, we'll return again to work tomorrow. We kiss our children good night, and in the morning we'll see them at the breakfast table. Thus, concerns for the future aren't so weighty, unless, of course, they're about our retirement or college funds and things like that. I mean, we also get wrapped up and consumed by other things that the time passes us by. And we fail to recognize the time and to prepare for our king. Our friends, this is precisely why we have Advent and what Advent should do for us. It should interfere and break apart our daily routines and thoughts. It should shatter anew our worldly ways of life. I mean, it's like those little Advent calendars, the the ones where you have to open each day throughout Advent until Christmas. Well, used properly, you you can't complete the calendar unless you take time each day to do it. They serve as a countdown, but they're also a daily reminder of our king in heaven and our need to prepare ourselves for his holy use. That's what the church year wants from us. That's what this season wants from us. It wants us to refocus our lives and to set our priorities straight again so that we're prepared for the advent of our king. It's high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Therefore, let us cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of the light. When? Now, in the time of this mortal life.